Hey everybody, Aaron here. Apologies for the delayed cast. We've been busy this week in preparation for our upcoming 24-hour stream. And the podcast, of course, took a back seat. So, as you've probably guessed, we're doing a flashback cast this week. Good news is, we're gearing up to raise some money for kids in need. Mark your calendars. November 5th is game day for the Horizon. And we will be participating in a 24-hour stream for Extra Life. Please stop by our stream, say hi, and consider donating. All the donations go to Extra Life and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals to fund critical treatments, healthcare services, pediatric equipment, and charitable care for kids in need. 11-5, 4 a.m. to 4 a.m. EST. Anyways, thanks for joining us, and on with the show. Forecast episode 133. The forecast is a bi weekly podcast produced, streamed, and sometimes released on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the horizon FB, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at weirdhorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I'm Aaron. I'm going counterclockwise. Jake. Oh, hello. Counterclockwise. Weird. Oh, I know. Caleb. That's me. OE93. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Alex. Or Al, my pal. That's me. Yep. Chad. What what, what just happened? I'm just saying everybody's names really quickly. (laughs) Alex was still still answering, and then you were like, (laughs) We don't care what Alex says. Not really. I just want everybody to know he's there. It's important. Hmm. Uh, let's start off the top here with the segment we haven't had a chance to do yet. Wait, Jake. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. What? What did I miss? You missed, and maybe it's because I tucked it away down at the bottom, but the information of uploading this to YouTube. Oh. Wait, is this about us uploading it to YouTube? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, if you uh, are not listening to this live, or if you are listening to this live, or if you're just listening to this on podcast, you can go watch this on YouTube. Uh, we'll have it on our channel. Um, actually, what, see the heck, of... what the heck is our channel name on YouTube? That's a good question. I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. The Horizon, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, is the link? Wow, so we can smash that subscribe button, hit the oh like, give us a oh comment in the bottom. Ring the bell. I believe you can Classic. go to youtube.com slash the horizon YT. Exactly. I, I think yeah. that works. Oh, oh shoot. Oh, I think pretty much all of our socials are the horizon and then the acronym of whatever social is, like IG for Instagram or I think oh TW gosh. for Twitter, stuff We're like that. We're so freaking cool. Guys, nice. are we like official or something? I no. mean, how many I feel we like somebody thought about this. <laughs> I don't know who, but somebody thought about this. Uh, all right, back to it. Jake, Man. you have a segment for the first yes. time in the history of Jake's segment. First time in the history. So what's funny, I was telling I was telling some people earlier, I had something written for a segment for me, but then it got kind of time kind of went on, it wasn't topical anymore. So I deleted it. So I don't have it anymore, but I am just gonna wing it. I believe in you. So, I think the winging relatively recently skyward sword released on switch and mm. i i have some opinions okay. mm. 
Mainly because Skyward Sword sucks dick. It's terrible. <laughs> it is. It's so really odd. bad. Uh, it's really, a lot of it is just like the game doesn't think you can understand what's happening. Like the little companion will just constantly come out. And I know like that's a Zelda thing. Like Navi will be like, hey, listen, hey, listen. But, like literally in the first dungeon of Skyward Sword, you're going through the dungeon, you open a chest, you get a map. And me, I go, oh, I know what the map does. But you get the little da-da-da-da, and it's like, hey, you got the map. You can push this button to open the map. And I'm like, oh, nice. Okay, whatever. I knew that. And then I put the map away, and then the companion comes out and says, hey, you just got the map. You can push this button to open the map. And I'm like, yeah, I know. You told me. <laughs> and she does this for the entire fucking game. Mm. It's exhausting. Is there no Very way to turn obnoxious. that feature off? No, no. Why would you want to turn it off? <laughs> they wrote so much for her. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's so exhausting. Like, probably the worst part of the game. So, like, there's a part in the game where you have to go. There's only three areas in, like, the whole game. And you just go to them each three times. Like, you go to them one once, and then you go through all of them again, and then you go through all of them again. And the third time you go through, you're just collecting, like, this song. I don't even remember what the song does. You're just getting different parts of a song. And you go to, like, the forest level, and it's all flooded. And they're like, hey, you gotta go collect tadpoles for, like, an hour. You just swim around and pick up these little... They're called tad tones. Because it's so cute. And you just <laughs> swim around for an hour picking up collectibles. It's a massive waste of time. <laughs> I hate it so much. And that's not, like, optional. No, God, no. No, the game is, it's very linear. There's, I feel like there's, I mean, there's some optional content. It's really funny because it, it has like, it feels really open at first because you get like a bird that you can like fly around on. It's like, oh my God, I'm flying around the sky. It's this huge open world. But it's like, it's all, it's almost completely empty. There's like one main hub island with like shops and there's a few side quests there and everything else. There's just like a tiny island floating there with a single treasure chest on it. So you go land on the island, get the chest. And then you leave. It's preposterous. It's very weird. <laughs> and then, oh, okay. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, there is... It, this game, it has some really good boss fights. To be fair, credit where it's due. But it has one really bad boss fight. And for whatever reason, they decided that is the boss fight that you should do like three times across the game. Same boss fight. Three times. Two of them are almost back to back. You just like uh. kill it. A cutscene plays, and then they're like, do it again. Like, go get them. I mean, it's, it's got to be that you just don't understand how good the boss fight is. So they need to introduce it multiple times till you get maybe, it. You know what? That probably that probably is what it is. Did you, you know, get it after three times? I, you know what? Somehow I did. It's not, it's not even like a tricky boss. It's like a big black. I mean, he looks kind of like a dick. He's just like a big tube <laughs> with these feet. And he's got these like water balloon toes. They look ridiculous, and you guess guess what the weak point is? It's the big fucking water balloon toes. <laughs> so you just go pop him, and then he falls over, and it's like this. Th that this is the thing that's supposed to like destroy the world. And it's like I mean, I guess if there's nothing sharp on the ground. <laughs> oh my god! I've got to say, I've been thinking about making a Weird Horizon TikTok, and that portion right there is perfect for a starter. <laughs> yeah, the um. The stuff you said about the ultra hand holding seems like it's mm -hmm. in it's like directly opposite of what I played of uh, Breath of the Wild. Yes, where they just like kind of slap you in that game and say go. It's yeah. the whole thing, and there's a final boss if you want to go do that. Yeah, no, I God, I mean, part of that that's kind of why I love Breath of the Wild so much. 
Because literally, they're just like, the boss is there. Like, here's some other stuff you could do, but like, he's gonna be there. Like, go, go when you think you're ready, I guess. So yep. cool. And that was Jake's rant, version <laughs> one. Very well. Yeah, done. very one. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I won't delete anything I write from now on. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, let's move on. What have you been playing lately, uh, Alex? I think we're starting with you this week. Okay. Okay. I mean, all right. Um, Sounds very not ready. Sure, sure. So I did a my traditional New Game Thursday stream that happens mm-hmm. every week. Very traditional. Without traditional. fail. <laughs> uh, and I streamed a bunch of uh, Death's Door, which is a new Devolver game that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that game feels a lot, speaking of Zelda, it feels a lot like Zelda, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the older style, like uh, Link to the Past kind of stuff. Like you got a dungeon that you're going through. Um, it's like kind of top-down-ish, like isometric-ish uh, combat. You got a, a dodge roll. I guess there's they're stealing like a couple things from Dark Souls, but it's not really a lot like Dark Souls. Like you've got like mm-hmm. essentially souls you steal from enemies to level up, and uh, enemies respawn if you do the thing that heals you. Um, well, actually, no, because the plant heals you too. I'm if talking you, about the if door. If you go through a door, yeah. If you go through yeah. a door, enemies will respawn in the area. Um, but the game is very charming and it's a lot of fun. I think, um, the combat's nice and fluid. I've got two weapons already. I beat the first major boss. Um, I actually think Caleb probably has more to say about this because I think you've played a lot more of it than I have at this point. He's yeah, finished it. I have finished it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, I've been really enjoying it. There's some, the puzzles aren't as interesting as I had hoped because I saw some screenshots of various puzzle sections. Yeah, uh, but the later there's kind of some secret stuff after you beat the game uh, that mm-hmm. kind of adds on to that, like so it makes it a little more puzzly. So that's pretty nice. I finished all that. Got the there's just there's a secret ending. Ooh. Got that. Um, and I'm probably gonna go back and 100 percent it because there's just a few achievements I was missing. Wow. But in order to 100 percent it, you also have to beat the game with uh, the umbrella. Oh, oh okay, that's so, what that's for. Like the might, whole game or just the last boss? The whole game. That's... You can't use any other melee weapon. That's wow. annoying. <laughs> so we'll see if I end up doing that or not. The umbrella is like the joke weapon for people that don't know that. Yeah. It's like it's just like a strictly worse form of the sword. Yeah. Um, that doesn't you... seem like nearly as ridiculous as an achievement as that game you were describing a couple weeks ago, where you have oh, to be in the right yeah. country for each yeah. level. I mean, yeah. Hinglet. Yeah, Hinglet. Yeah, there we yeah. go. So it seems like it's pretty short, then. Um, have you like finished it? Six hours in it, I think. Okay. I thought you would. Hang on. Really short game. I thought you had ten. Um, which um, I kind of like that sometimes. Like having a game that you can finish. You know, like it's not this massive thing that yeah. you're setting out to do. It's just yeah. like a nice bite-sized finishable game that's mm-hmm. good and polished. Yeah, it's super polished. So I like that a lot. Um. Then you can take it too far, I think, which is what Boomerang X did oh, in yeah. terms of bite size. That game is so freaking awesome. It's so sick, but I beat it in two hours. Oh, wow. So it is very short. Um, Boomerang X is it's a first person shooter, I suppose. But you're basically like throwing a glaive as your weapon. A boomerang, and, if you will. Yeah, oh. it's not even really a boomerang. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they make boomerangs that are three pronged, right? Sure, I don't know. But you you throw this glaive that returns to you, and you're 
fighting enemies in various arenas like it basically like stages that you go through and you get power-ups throughout the game and they're they're really good about giving you new stuff like every level or so all the way up until the very end of the game which makes me think they could have added more levels without giving you power-ups and it'd have been fine because you could have gone through the the stages where you're gaining all your powers and then the stages where stuff gets more challenging or something i don't know um but essentially like you're whipping this boomerang around and you can right click to recall it or the very first power up you get is you can left click again to like fly to it instead of it returning to you mm-hmm. so it turns into this like acrobatic ballet of of murder where you're like zipping around the map flying through the air and literally you get to levels later towards the game where the floor is lava so you cannot touch the ground anymore <laughs> and you're just you're just killing everybody and it's so satisfying uh you get like a shotgun power up where like if you kill um two enemies with one glaive then you automatically get a shotgun shot and then you can like kill six people at once and then if you kill at least three people with that then you can get your other power which is like a sniper shot and so you're like comboing through these abilities and it all feels really good um a ton of fun uh the the end of the game unlocks new game plus where i think you can just go through with all your powers from the beginning so i haven't done that yet but kind of speed run it almost yeah. yeah it does seem very built for speedrunners. it has like achievements for like finish the game in under an hour and finish the game under 45 minutes so that kind of thing i saw um, like a short snippet of this game on steam and i was like oh i bet alex would like this <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool yeah right up my alley uh owen what have you been playing uh well i've been playing a bunch of stuff um uh first and foremost i've been playing some uh gta with tim they just uh released a new update called tuners uh so that's been really cool because basically they added an entire area for you to meet up with your cars and do races and they really brought the uh auto back in grand theft auto <laughs> i thought you were uh, just gonna say where you could meet up and drive trucks and then i was gonna be like oh ooh, no wonder tim yeah. loves it I laughed hysterically. Oh, One of the lobbies I was in, like a bunch of people showed up to the meet to like show off their cars and stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's a sweet car, man. Yeah, it's sweet. You want to race? And they were like, yeah. And then they were like, cool, where? And like the the area has a built-in racetrack. So you just press a button and your car is now on the racetrack and you can race. And they decided instead it would be a good idea to drive to the other side of the map to mm-hmm. race on the airport like tarmac okay and i was just like why they're they put this in here for you to race here you don't have to go all the way over there i don't understand i don't know man they were showing off digital cars to one another maybe their time management's not yeah (laughs) did one of them at one point like point to the other one and go family and then uh, they got a there's crew a together. lot of people joking about family. Okay. There's right. a lot <laughs> of family jokes, so don't worry. Uh, pretty, nice. pretty much most of the cars that they put into this DLC are from the Fast franchise somewhere. Mm. Like, there's one that is very specifically Dom's car. There's one that's very specifically Brian's car. Like, a lot of them are from the Fast franchise. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, they also added a bunch of new missions, which the new missions that they added uh, are also very fast inspired. You have to, um, y- you have to, uh, why are you typing that in? Um, it's literally right here. Um, yes, I know. Yes, I know. 
Just, uh, just talk, Owen. Just anyway. talk. <laughs> it just it's distracted me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the missions are things like you know you rob a train and or you have to you know uh, hit ten uh, banks in a, in like a short amount of time. So you have to like rob all these banks real fast. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's very GT, uh, very uh, inspired by the Fast franchise, and I like it. It's it's a lot more of the the auto part of GTA. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of autos, also been trying uh, and I played through all of uh, Mini Motorways, which is made by the same people that did Mini Metro. It's their mm-hmm. sequel. Instead of Metro lines, you got highways now. It's a lot of fun. I love this puzzle game so much. It's it's just Seems very it's, cool. It's pretty to look at. It's relaxing. It's very kind of zen. The music is really chill and and it's just a good time to just like, oh, let me boot this up and I can play it for 5 minutes. Yeah, so, Mini Metro was super cool. Yeah, like very if chill. you liked Mini Metro, you will like this. They did a very good job of adding like a couple new things. I I feel like I like this better than Mini Metro because I I feel like I understand a lot more of like where the uh, cars and rays are trying to go. So mm-hmm. I, I very much like that. Um, also, I tried out a bunch of demos. Uh, I tried out a demo for uh, Neon Noodles, which was fine. Is that I, a Factorio noodle making game? Kinda. <laughs> like you had to, you had to like code the robots to do things. And you, like, basically make the map where the robots will go and, like, what they interact with. And then you can, like, do better, quote-unquote, by, like, copying the code of one robot to another robot. So they're all doing the same thing. It's fine. I I thought it was a really neat idea. I feel like the only problem was is that there was no push to do... Like, once you figured out how you wanted... To, to do it how you wanted to like get the get get the five things made or whatever that's all there was and mm-hmm. like they very specifically show you after every single map the leaderboards of like yeah. oh you could have used less space or less coding or whatever but there's nothing that pushes you to do that you never have to do that to like get to the next map or anything it just shows you that for what i seem is no reason because then i was like well then why do i care i've got all this space i'm gonna fucking use it like what what's what's pushing me to make this puzzle difficult you know or or at least somewhat of a challenge because that's where the challenge seems to come in is by like oh do this but only use this much code and that would make it a challenge and fun and an interesting puzzle but Mm. they don't do that and so then you're just like okay well i'll just do whatever the fuck i want and i win and i'm done Uh, there's a lot of games kind of like that yeah Um, exit punks and what's the alchemy one uh yeah feudal god no uh Opus Opus Ma- I was actually yeah. just thinking that because it's like the yeah. least amount of like components and combinations in order to solve the yeah okay right those games so I think the puzzles get sufficiently complicated that I just ignored those restrictions at some point though right I don't and know just, like, just having a hard time finishing them in general I feel like uh, you and I are like the op- or opposite there but because I couldn't like finish a level until I got the lowest possible number of configurations <laughs> like yeah. I wanted to match whatever the best score was 
because yep. for a, lot, a while you can do that, but at some point you diverge because it's just such a complicated problem. Uh, other things that I was trying out in the demo world, I tried out a game called Thieves Roulette. Um, that is it, not how you spell roulette, Owen. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it is R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> fine. It seemed very weird. The soundtrack was kind of bad and constant, oh. which was unfortunate. And so, because that's like really the only noises that are happening other than occasionally there's like a bleep or bloop when you're interacting with something and so i was like okay so that's annoying what uh, do you do in this game the, the, you have a bunch of puzzles and you have to like it's kind of like an escape room and there's a bunch of people that are with you that are like other quote-unquote thieves and like the thieves are being the the plot from what i got from the demo was that the thieves are being punished and so all of you are together and you have to like escape and that was like that's part of your punishment or whatever the problem is is that no one's fucking doing anything and no one's helping with it like none of the people that you talk to have any like hints about how you might solve the puzzle that you're currently on they just stand there and watch you do it and then they're just like, oh, I don't want to talk right now. Or, oh, man, that was, like, so scary in that last part. And I was like, was it? Because all you did was stand there. You didn't do anything. You're not. How is it? It wasn't scary. I don't know why you think it, it was just it's weird. And I was like, I don't like this game. I was very much turned off by it. I was like, okay, I played the demo. Maybe it'll get better when it's actually up for release. It has an interesting concept. But it was just kind of like, eh, I, I, I don't understand why you would have a bunch of people in these rooms if they're not going to serve any purpose. Like, at least have them either be interactive to tell you more of what, like, the plot that's going on, or have them be able to just, when you're, like, really stuck, they'd be like, oh, hey, I, I saw something over in the, the tramway over there or something. And so that way you have, like, a hint to, like, okay, let me go over there and see if what this person's talking about. Um, there's also a sailing game. I don't remember what it was. I played it for all of five minutes. Caleb also apparently played the demo. And then I was like, oh, this is bad, and I deleted it. What game? I don't. It was. It he was. He doesn't even have the name. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's, it's called content game because important. it was so bad. Goodness I gracious! Assume the, I assume the name of the game was some sailing game no. that Caleb played. Yeah, no, I saw that Caleb also played it because it had a little thing of like achievements and it's like Caleb has played this game, you know, like first started it or whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. Caleb's played this. And then I like played it for five minutes. and I was like, this is a really bad sailing game. I'm going to stop now. Mm. Mm. I'm glad we brought it up, well, sir. But it can... yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this recommendation, watch yeah. out for that sailing game. I was, That's I was bad. really hoping that Caleb would save me here. And uh, whoops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, rescue him and just you talk about the games you played. Oh, okay. Well, we've already talked about Death Door. Death Door. Uh, I don't want to say anything extra about that. Pretty fun. Check it out. Um, I played this game called Wilder Myth. Uh, this is a couple weeks. It's a sailing a game. A few weeks ago, actually. <laughs> Not a sailing game. Not a sailing game. It's a turn-based, party-based RPG. Uh, kind of isometric with... Um, got your normal classes, you know, your knight, your ranger, and then it's got a mage, and their whole thing is they can take over pieces of the environment, and whatever piece they take over has special, certain moves associated with it. So like a bone pile will have like a bone spear can launch out from it. 
and a stone pillar will have like a discus that bounces between people. It was, it's pretty interesting. As you go through, there's these little side events that can give your characters some like major changes. Uh, one of my characters lost an eye and got it replaced by a gem, and she had some move where it like shot a little laser beam at somebody. And then somebody else got wings so they could fly really far. It's, it's pretty cool. It's got a little pop up book kind of okay. feel to it in the art. I like that. Yeah. It looks, it looks pretty cool. I've only played one of the campaigns. I think there's like, four different ones to play um the introductory one i played was it takes you like four hours so you know not terribly introductory i would say what's the um, difficulty like uh the first campaign i played was pretty easy but it, i think the other ones get quite a bit harder okay and at the end of every campaign you can choose one character who went through it because they can die permanently right but if they make it all the way through you can choose one as a legacy character and then you can take them into really hard versions of the game called Legacy, where you pick various of your Legacy characters who have made it through, and you try to run through with them on a super hard difficulty with all their upgrades and stuff. And they can die there permanently? I don't know about that. That'd be really funny. They've survived the entire campaign, finally, (laughs) and you're like, all right, back to combat with you. (laughs) You haven't died yet. Go. Did you say, uh, is it turn-based or real-time? Turn-based. Turn-based, sorry. Yep, grid-based. Gotcha, okay. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, I've also played a decent amount of Ender Lilies. I think Jake's played a little bit of this too. I have. I have. It's kind uh, of it's cool. full name. Quietest oh. of the Nights. Yeah. Which, man, think of a worse name. Think of a worse <laughs> name than Quietus. Quietus. Q-U-I-E-T-U-S. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Yeah. It's because you're quieting the Nights. I, oh, I thought it was because you were quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh-oh. Uh, it's a little Metroidvania that you you play as this young girl who is apparently this priestess who can dispel corruption called the yeah. Blight. And when you dispel it on various things, you get to take those spirits and use them later as your abilities. And you can carry like six different abilities at a time. And you get quite a few spirits. I have like, I'm using six different ones and I have like four still in the, in the backlog that I'm not really using right now. Um, but the Platforming's not all that great, but the combat's really fun and not very forgiving. It's yeah, got I that... Think... Go ahead. Uh, you have, like, what? Uh, I don't remember how the health system works, actually. Never mind. You... Yeah, <laughs> you have... It's, it's a lot like a Dark Souls. You have, like, basically three Estus flasks, essentially. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, like, takes you a second to drink it, and you can dodge out of it to avoid an attack or whatever. Um, and then they reset when you go to a rest point along with all the enemies, all the enemies come back. So it's, it's got that kind of Dark Souls feel to it there. Um, it's, I've been enjoying it quite a bit so far. I've gotten a little lost a couple times. Oof. Map systems maybe not the, the best. Um, what's really hard is when you get a new ability, you're not sure where you should use it to progress, maybe. I got, I got real lost. I was really glad Caleb bought this game, because I forgot I had the slam move. Uh, you get this like heavy attack move, but if you hold down when you do it, it's like a slam. So I like played the game, got the slam move, went through one door, and then stopped playing for a few days, came back to it, and then couldn't find the way forward because I didn't think I had a slam move. Mm. Uh, so that was, I mean, that's mostly just my own stupidity, but very <laughs> frustrating. But it's, it's quite difficult. I'm, I've been enjoying how hard it is. Yeah. You know, the, com- the combat's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect much from it, but it's, it's very fun. Yeah. What's fun is like all the, all the abilities you get are very like different. Like you start with a really basic sword attack, 
And then, like I said, you get, like, a heavy attack. And those are, like, the basic ones. But then you get, like, you know, you can summon, like, this warrior chick who has, like, a uh, like a morning star that she'll, like, spin around. Uh, or you can get, like, a wizard who comes and he, like, shoots a missile so you have, like, a ranged move. Mm-hmm. And the other cool thing is that each of those, like, anything that's not, like, a basic sword swing attack, you only have a certain number of uses. So, like, oh. that mace move, you can use, like, 15 times between rests. Uh, oh, that's which is, interesting. Right? Because mm-hmm. it means you can't just, like, get that mace move, which is really, really good, and you can't just say, oh, this is the only thing I'm using from now on. This is the most broken thing, and I'm just going to cheese my way through the game, because you only have, like, 15 between benches. Yep. You'll occasionally find extras by, like, breaking pots or finding right. a flower that gives it to you, but usually that's that's pretty much all you get. I also, it it kind of makes bosses, I think, a little more interesting. Because I know, like, for one boss that I was having a lot of trouble with, at first it was like, I would just use those abilities to get through. But then it's like, man, if I use all those abilities, by the time I hit phase three, I'm running on mm-hmm. empty. I don't have anything left. So it's like, you got to kind of strategize, like, okay, I'm only going to use this ability for phase one. And then in phase two, I'll kind of mix in these ones and then just go all out by the end. It's yep. it's pretty cool. The combat, I think they did a very good job. And you, even if you're having trouble with a boss, you can go and completely reconfigure all your skills and yeah. bring in the ones that'll be good against that boss. Oh, that sounds pretty neat. Yeah. Hmm. Caleb, how did how did you feel about Sail Forth? Sail Forth? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Let's assume yes. Now I gotta oh, look at it. You found it. Oh, oh my god. Oh, man. You type in sailing game that Caleb and Owen both played. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Sail Forth. I went to oh, Owen's profile on Steam. Gotcha. It's got it's got a really cool art style. It's not exactly like my kind of game. It looks like Journey, um, kind of. If, if yeah, you remember, like PS PS three's Journey or yeah. whatever PS four. Yeah, you're kind of just going around exploring, yeah, it, shooting at some pirates. It was all right. I enjoyed it. Release date eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. That's why yeah. I picked it up. I was like, this looks uh, fun. Ah, uh, Jake, let's move on to you. What have you been playing? Uh, so I I kind of have been in a weird mood. I picked back up Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I don't really what? I don't really know how to explain that one. Uh, I just kind of had like a hankering. I wanted just kind of like a really chill game, and I knew this game is absurdly chill, and that it's a little boring sometimes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I will most like, of the time. I remember me and you actively like didn't like it at all. I know. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. I know. I like I said, it was a also, weird hankering I got at the time. We had only. Had it on PlayStation at the time. It was not on PC, which means yeah, you purchased this a second time. I did pick it up on PC. You purchased this <laughs> game you don't <laughs> like a second time. It, to be fair, it looks gorgeous on my triple monitor setup. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> <laughs> it's, that is what convinced me to do it. Uh, but I, to be fair, I have been enjoying it a lot more. I think just knowing going in that there's gonna that it's a lot slower pace, mm-hmm. and also knowing the parts that are so boring that you should just skip. Mm. like split ammo it's a little bit better than your ammunition but it's not worth crafting it takes so long to craft like mm. just don't like literally you craft it bullet by bullet Oof. it's like obs- everything in that game yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing one by one everything is one by one in that game it's yeah generally With long I just animations don't do the crafting it's that's pretty much my takeaway from my first playthrough is don't craft unless it's necessary or you're you can just chill for a second uh, also, looting bodies. Basically, don't do it. Because it's also, you gotta watch a whole ass animation to get like 32 cents. Just skip it. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. But yeah, yeah, I really, I really don't know why I wanted to play this. But I've been having a decent amount of fun with it. It's very pretty. 
Uh, is, is the story worth it in that game? Mm. Man, I'm not very far in it. I can't really say. Everybody From what I remember, no. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've heard. Like, people are like, okay, you got to get past the slow pacing. You got to get past the wide cinematic shots and the super long horse rides. Yeah. The story itself is incredible. I mean, the characters are, seem pretty well acted, but I mean, so far where I'm at in the story, nothing's really happened. Sure. I mean, the You're in the that, West. The people that advocate for that game are like, this is the greatest story ever told in video games. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember it not being that good of a story. <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, yeah. I, I agree that, like, you know, after you get through the first hour or two, because that, like, first time is like, oh, look how cinematic this all is, and it's kind of like, yeah, 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 all right, let's get through this. And I agree that it gets better then, but then I feel like once, at, at a certain point, the story just repeats itself multiple times over, and nothing new or interesting is happening. It's just like, hey, your leader kind of sucks. And you're on the run, and he's doing dumb things, and you follow him. And then he sucks wherever the new place is, and you follow him to the next place. And you just do that, like, eight times over. And I was like, this isn't a good story. This is just, like, we wanted an excuse to do all of these different things, and we couldn't figure out how to loop him in. So we created a loop of, like, oh, hey, you're here until the cops show up, and then you're on the run. And then you set up somewhere new, and you do it again. I don't know. I was not impressed with it. Uh, the other thing I was playing, and this I've been kind of going on and off this game for a while, actually, is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good. It kind of is frustrating, though, because like I'll play it and I'll be like, oh, man, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. And then I'll be like, dude, are you ready for 30 minutes of cutscenes? And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of just wanted to play more. And they're like, no, 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 no. You got to know about this guy who owns a whorehouse you need to hear all about his deal Jake, and he'll just a be Yakuza like the game i don't know, I you know i yeah. know but usually the... usually they do a better job of like hey this guy owns a strip club and then five guys bust in you gotta hit him with a bike and it's like <laughs> oh, okay and then it's like you know you gotta learn about this girl and then ninjas come out and you gotta kick them and it's like okay we break it up <laughs> you can't maybe so you think it's worse than normal i i feel like it's worse than normal mm. maybe it's one where like it's a little more front-loaded, and it'll ease up as you get further in. I'm only on, like, chapter 5, maybe? I think mm. there's 15 chapters. Mm. Uh, it's definitely it's picking up a little bit. The beginning is definitely the worst part in terms of, like, boring cutscene bullshit. Um, but for what it's worth, the combat, it's turn-based now, which is, I thought would be kind of weird. But Seems it's got weird. kind of... Yeah. It's got kind of like a, uh, like a Persona 5. It's very fast turn-based. Uh... It's it's really goofy. Like, I have a homeless guy who's basically like a wizard. One of his moves is he'll, like, throw seeds at someone and a bunch of birds swoop in and attack them. Uh, which, it's just really goofy. I love that. And, like, yeah. if, so, like, if you... If I attack a guy, and while my guy's running over there, there's, like, a bicycle in the way, he'll pick it up and whack him with the bicycle for some extra damage. Which is, like... Like, including not... the Yakuza weirdness, but yeah, in a turn-based format. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's... It's interesting. I, th I think the turn-based is better handled than I thought it would be. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Are, yeah. are the cutscenes, like, weirdly, jarringly different styles constantly, like, right next to each other? Uh, it's it's less bad than that one part in Yakuza 0 where it goes through, like, <laughs> literally four different styles back-to-back. -back. I love that, though. But <laughs> I should be like, what is this game? What's happening? <laughs> uh, you do definitely have, like, pre-rendered versus, like, in-engine. Yeah. Um... But that, that's really it. 
Um, I think what what keeps me coming back is I really like the main character. Uh, they actually I've been listening to it in English. Uh, I usually am a sub over dub kind of guy, but the dub is really really good, uh, especially for the main guy. I think he's very fun. He's a very fun character, and the voice actor is great. Uh, so that is that's that's a big part of what keeps me coming back. That and the combat when the combat shows up. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I uh, was on vacation last week, so I didn't uh, play a lot of games. I didn't take my Switch with me. Like an idiot! Uh, <laughs> what a noob. I know, I know. Um, but I did. I have been playing some Dota 2 recently, of course, classically. However, it's been kind of fun recently. We've been playing a little bit with uh, Caitlin, and so... No, I think it's been... Listen, listen, <laughs> chat, 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 listen. I... We have been getting absolutely just destroyed. Either A, we have teammates that are just absolute morons, and I mean people who are not in our group, or B, we play against someone who just, that's the only character that, we played against a Spirit Breaker the other day who had played over 2,000 matches of Spirit Breaker. Wow. Oh, that's a lot of it matches of Spirit Breaker. absurd. I have, I have like, two, like 200 plus of Broodmother when I used to main Brood. But that, <laughs> 2,000. I, mean, I think Alex has like probably 500 games as uh, Meepo. I think but, I have like 300. And 300? I used to play Meepo like nonstop all the time. Can you imagine playing 2,000 games as Spirit Breaker? And at least you're getting across the map fast constantly yeah. on that character. Yeah. Okay, the one thing I learned about when you, when you played that many games as him is you can basically charge every like two seconds, which at the end of the game, he was charging pretty much every two seconds. It was terribly annoying. Oh, man. Uh, so aside from all that, well, I have had fun because I really do enjoy when I play with somebody who hasn't played Dota and trying to explain the mechanics of what's going on. Because when you think about it, MOBAs are, there's a lot of complexity to just the map, the layout, lanes, creeps, different here. I mean, I don't know how many heroes are in Dota, like 130. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot going on. And it's fun to like try to communicate that. It, it reminded me a little bit when Abe first started playing Dota with us. Mm -hmm. And like, he was like really into like timings and spaces and how, like how the ganks would function and work and what characters should move and where. And it's just, I don't know. I really like that because. It makes me feel a little bit like I'm kind of like a expert at Dota. I've been playing this for a minute, guys. <laughs> I'll be impart all of my knowledge to you. Yeah, and then I say something and it's wrong, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm still a noob. I only have like <laughs> 3,000 hours in this game versus like Aoi, who has 16,000. So, yeah. you know. I think, it's, I think it's also interesting that Aoi said playing... he had 40,000 hours. Oh, 40,000? He said he had 40,000 hours. I thought it was 16,000. 40,000 hours? That's that's older than the universe has been alive. That's impossible. <laughs> that is four point five years straight of Dota yeah. play. <laughs> I mean, he's probably been playing for like over fifteen years or something, like since the mod in Warcraft. That's, that's just insane. That's a lot of Dota. That's a lot. So Sorry, Kaylin's, what were you saying, Chad? Kaylin's been playing uh, semi my position, so like fifth or fourth position, where she's going to be like the supporty support. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. I have just recently got back into Dota, and I used to be hard, like, third support. I mean, third position into second position. And so, like, I'm kind of learning the support role a little bit more with, like, pulling camps or, like, where the wards are placed. And so, like, she starts asking questions, and I'm, like, trying to focus on, like, the map positioning of, like, the enemy team <laughs> or, like, where Alex is and, like, how I'm supposed to back him up. And, like, maybe we're losing, and so basically what we're doing on supports is, like, defensively warding and like kind of taking creep farm here and there but just letting alex kind of roam around and as the carry and get all the farm and she's like so what are we supposed to be doing right now and i'm like man that's what i used to ask <laughs> that's like, a lot right there yeah. that is 
That is a good unpack. question because it's like uh, you're supposed to be going for your items. You're supposed to be defensively warding. You're supposed to be like not taking the farm from your carry, positioning yourself to where if the carry gets ganked. The carry can... like it's a lot of stuff. But then if like we're really losing, we're supposed to just stay high ground and like wait high ground and kind of uh-huh. make sure that they push it. And it's just a lot to like as we're playing to like talk about. And so that's why that coach position, I think, in that game is such a uh, great feature that they added to the game. Yeah, I think so it's that pretty people cool. can actually get people involved in that game, teach them a little bit. Uh, and I don't know any other mobiles that actually do that. Dota has always done a really good job of making the game. I, I won't say always. Since the <laughs> Dota Reborn came out, whatever they call that, I don't yeah. know, official launch, they've done a great job of making everything very accessible uh, in terms of like hero demos, understanding the map. Uh, they do a lot with tutorials in game now. They have all of the guides to help you understand how to buy things. Yeah. If you're a subscriber and you pay money, you can see creep stack and pull timings, plus <laughs> war positionings win. and, I don't know, all kinds of other things. So They have the and, new player mode now where when you too. first start the game, you have a limited pool of simple-to-understand heroes that you play with. I think that's all really neat. They've done a good job with that. I think to really, really define the uh, like intricacies of a MOBA, uh, I had told Caitlin to put a sentry ward down first before an observer ward if you're going mm-hmm. like across the river and I wasn't able to explain why. And we had a conversation later about it. Um, and it, it's funny that it just, I now understand that I put the sentry first because there's a limited stock of observer wards. And now let me define these two observer wards are the ones that actually <laughs> give you vision on the map. And, uh, sentry wards are the ones that only give you invisible vision. So if anything's invisible, you can now see that tr- you have true sight to see it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you put a sentry ward and you see that there's an observer ward and a sentry ward there, you want to deward those first and then place your observer ward, or else you're just going to waste the limited stock that you have observer wards and you're going to give up vision. And you're also, if you get ganked, your observer ward's there, they have a sentry ward, that sentry ward could get destroyed. There's just a lot that goes into it. Also, That's, like, if you place a sentry and you notice both wards are there, and you know that they're going to know that you dewarded there and that you warded there, That's exactly you can, what I was you say. can then place the, the observer in a different spot right right and so it's like they won't know about there's more to it than and so she it was so funny because she was trying to place wards at one point and she was fumbling because the wards stay in one slot and when you double click that slot they swap to where you can like place an observer if you want or a sentry if you want mm-hmm. and i saw her at one point trying to place a ward and she kept swapping them back and forth because it just <laughs> wasn't like it was one of those things where it's like oh i felt that pain before yeah yeah <laughs> I can't believe I stopped playing MOBAs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, want to mention I also played a, a short hike, the Real World Edition, with uh, Caleb and Janae. Um, I'm like was... angry you didn't play an actual <laughs> short hike. <laughs> I put it in there specifically for you. <laughs> what a good game! Uh, we were in the Black Hills this last week, and we decided to do some hikes. Uh, and we almost lost Caleb. <laughs> almost didn't That's have him like here with us. Week was pretty intense. Scripted. It was maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, I ran out of water halfway through. That was the that was the real. Yeah, it was issue. brutal. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, let's move on to you. What have you been playing? I'm so confused. How did you, wait? Hold on. How are we just gonna gloss <laughs> over that? <laughs> I thought there was gonna be more story to this. And then no, you I mean, guys we, just we like just we almost lost we Caleb. Just, yeah, we almost lost. Well, I mean, at one point, I turned around and I looked, and he was like. A good like 30 yards behind me doubled over hands on knees like oh my 
don't think it was that. It was never that. <laughs> oh. yeah, it's like that one time that you and I went on a run up in Maine, and I we were going up the hills, and then I was just like, nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt I felt like my buddy Nick asking me to go on a bike ride because I was like telling Janae and Caleb, hey, we should go on this hike. And granted, we're like I don't know six thousand feet, so it's you know here we're way lower elevation, so oxygen is just air's a lot thinner up there. And with Nick, it was like, oh, let's go on a bike ride. It'll be short. We both rent bikes and we do 20 miles one way up the side of a mountain. And I'm like, dude, I've ridden a bike. I rode a bike when I was a child. I don't ride it as an adult. <laughs> I can't do this. That's a lot. Oh, very man. Intense. So we did two hikes. It was fun. We did a, like a 3.5 miler with like a thousand feet of elevation change and then probably like a two and a half, almost three miler. Yeah. So, oh, thanks. They were great. Can you just, can you just imagine like, jumping through this podcast and having all this video game stuff and then just randomly getting yeah so we went on a hike <laughs> yeah. oh, we're okay. well-rounded individuals here well <laughs> exactly for sure all right chad what video games have you been playing lately hey so uh i like basically was like no nah, i'm never touching split split gate again like it's not actually a game that's gonna do well um that game it's halo it's portal like uh, but it's like trash. Like it's it's complete another trash. That's what I thought because I played it back in 2019, and it was kind of just janky back then. They have improved this game so much. The guns actually feel like really nice. The impact of the weapons feel kind of nice. The portals feel really good to like actually transverse through. Um, just it it all around it just feels like the development process is working in this game. Uh, the only issue right now is that they're having um, actually pulled up Steam charts somewhere. I'll get them in a second. They they basically have gone from actually I have them right here. They've gone from like 200 concurrent players back in like June, 430, uh, you know, later in the in June up to like uh, around around 500 in July, and then coming towards their um, crossplay beta beta because they announced that there was going to be like a crossplay beta on i think the 27th um but they released it early on the 13th there's 1403 players concurrently playing and then on july 27th it shot up to 32,000 players <laughs> and so their servers were kind of just getting crushed i'm sure uh, and it's four developers that are trying to do this so they actually just tweeted out while we're on this podcast that they're working really hard to get um tomorrow they they shut the servers down on Monday, I'm pretty sure, and then it was supposed to bring it back up today, decided not to. Uh, but they're very close. They said that tomorrow they will be able to hold 100k players inside having of their the, game. Having the Among Us problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the game, I mean, the game, like, if you like Halo, if you, I mean, it, it feels a little less Halo-y, like, because Halo to me has, like, floaty kind of bullets. There's not really much impact. Uh, the this game it has that like halfway between Call of Duty and Halo kind of feel. Um, mm. The movements feel really you know clean and swift. So I mean, if you if you like shooters, you should give this game a try. Basically, was like bombarded with it on TikTok, and that's why I gave it a try. Um, TikTok's I, working for advertising, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I was seeing like every like ton of Warzone content creators moved over to it. I was, I've been seeing like just random, you know, TikToks on, of Splitgate. And I was just like, is this game really popping off that much? And then I played it and I spent like, I, I was just going to jump on and try it. Spent the entire night, which is fragging. I was like, whatever, this game's fun. 
Uh, I think it does have MMR though because I was slaying out. I was getting like 20, 30 kills compared to people's like 10. Great. Like the one shot, one kill headshot modes, uh, sniper shotties, like your old school, like real fun Halo times. Um, jumped into New World. I didn't want to play too much because I'm not that type of MMO player where I'm going to like grind out a character and have everything reset and have to grind it out again. So I played up to like level four or five. Uh, what I noticed in this game is. Uh, everything is gatherable from from what I've basically seen. In most games, MMOs, you basically have like a specific node area that you're going to go to get like gold or, you know, uh, any of your ore or, you know, your plants. There's just like specific areas that have like your little plant area. This game, you just like walked over some plants and it was just pick upable. You walked over some rocks, it's flint just all over the beach. Like it's, it was pretty cool. The combat was a little bit, I, I thought it was going to be more Dark Soulsy, but just more action RPG style. Um, it was for the most part pretty fun though. It, it seemed as if there was going to go down a tier of like you choose your weapon and then you start leveling that weapon up, uh, and then you start getting skills that way rather than like you've chosen that you're an archer and now you're in the game. You're leveling up and you already have your archer ability. So it seems pretty clean. Seems pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how. The reason why they're in love with it is because it's actually bringing back MMO element vibes, such as they actually have trading, because trading is like a thing that well, a lot of developers are doing away with in MMO, mostly because of botting and gold trading and selling. Mm -hmm. um, but it takes away the aspect of like, I mean, I want to trade my items with people and sell them. And, you know, that's... I don't want just a marketplace. I want to be able to like actually strike up. Like it used to be like want to sell and then the item. And now it's just, let me just throw it up on the marketplace. Somebody will buy it. And it just takes away from that, like experience of talking with people, trying to haggle them or, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, jumped into some rogue company. I just wanted to play something other than Warzone. And, um, <laughs> why is that Chad? Uh, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Warzone nah, lately. Nah. You know, a lot of Warzone lately. There's a lot of hackers. No. There's a lot of, it's a lot of bad press right now. No. There's a lot of stuff going on. Just play with your controller. You'll be fine. That too. Aim assist. Uh, play a little bit of Rogue Company though. And I, I texted somebody and I was like, I feel like I'm playing bots. Like, I had 40 kills one game or like 52 kills one game. And the next like highest kill kills on the, the other team was like three. Were you, it was, you actually playing bots, though? Because I've run into the situation where I, I thought know. I was doing good, and it turns out it was bots. <laughs> I don't know, because I've played a, like a pretty solid amount of time in this game, uh, coming back to it, and I still am just shredding people. And maybe it's just I'm, it's a newfound uh, take on the game, because I remember the first time I played it, it, I wasn't as good as I am this time. I don't, maybe the MMR is just like, hey, you haven't played in a while. I'm going to put you in sucky lobbies. But game's pretty fun. Um, hmm. It's your third person. It's basically your CS:GO or Valorant, but it's it's a uh, you can actually point and click instead of point and click and throwing your hand around in like circles trying to navigate the <laughs> mm -hmm. recoil. Mm -hmm. um, there's different abilities on your characters. Uh, I play the character where I throw a dagger and eventually, once somebody walks by it, it explodes. Or if it impacts the person, it explodes on impact. Uh, and then there's some some other cool people and. In that there's like a dedicated sniper. Um, there's a dude that you can throw a dagger onto a wall and it creates like a beacon, kind of like um, 
Hanzo from Overwatch. Uh, cool stuff. And cool. This, if I remember correctly, the default mode has respawns, right? Right. So like the mode that I've been playing is called Strikeout, where you it's King of the Hill, and there's tickets. So okay. basically, you have 15 tickets each, and also if you're holding the point once the time runs out, I think it actually takes away a ticket every once in a while when you're holding the point. Um, you basically win the game. And so uh, it, there's been times where we've had 12 tickets left and the other team has been completely out. <laughs> I've been like, okay, this yeah. game is easy. Um, I did want to highlight one game uh, that all of us, not all of us, a lot of us have been playing recently, which is uh, Pokemon Unite. I never thought I would say a lot of us have been playing and include myself in this. But yet here I am. Here I am. That's a MOBA. That's your, that's your thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, uh, whoever wants to talk about this first, I mean, I've, I have the least amount of hours in it so far, which probably, you know, you know like an hour and a half. Oh, I right? got you beat, buddy. Jake's got this. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah, you do have me because you haven't played it. I haven't played <laughs> Chris, it. Chris, <laughs> I thought you were like, you, you'd been secretly playing a bunch of Pokemon Unite. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so, this is uh, Pokemon's take on a MOBA. It's on Switch only right now, and it's free to download. Um, I love this game. It's it's a MOBA, but it's like incredibly fast paced. All the matches are ten minutes, or not all of them, but the main mode is ten minutes, and it's on a timer, so it never goes over ten minutes. So it's not like you're playing for an hour only to lose. Like you're in and out in ten minutes. It's a good time. Like you're you still have the the MOBA. Uh, concepts of like leveling your character every game and like getting new abilities and stuff like that um but yeah you get to like fight a lot more than dota i think and it's just like it's got some neat uh ideas to spin the genre so like instead of trying to destroy an enemy's base you have to score points which is basically like you're dunking like pokeballs on people which is kind of fun to destroy the points to destroy the points yeah, yeah. so so you're still destroying the enemy's base kind of not, but that's not like the point of the game, though. The point of the game is score, because instead of like tr- the the objective being destroying the enemy ancient, you're just trying to like score more than them in in the ten minute time span that you have. Right. So like you're you've got a field with um, wild Pokemon, which are the neutrals. There's no creeps for your side versus their side. All the neutrals are just available to both teams. And, They're just kind of standing around. They're not. Yeah. You basically farm them for points, or you can, you know, kill enemies that have farmed them and steal their points. And then you're trying to dunk on goals without getting hit, because if you get hit, then it takes you out of the dunk animation. Um, and there's, like, a couple of more advanced concepts in the game, like, there's roles that you can play, like, there's a jungler role that specifically goes to the forest every game and kills neutrals, and then there's laning... Uh, there are supports and tanks in the game, and there's a class called Speedster, which is basically like an assassin. Uh, and there's an attacker, which is essentially the carry. Um, what else is there? There's special Pokemon that spawn in these camps at the top and the bottom that give like special buffs to the team. Like Dreadnought on the bottom will give your entire team a shield and experience boost. So you're trying to take them. They're kind of like Rashawn and Dota, where you're fighting over these objective Pokemon, and whoever gets yeah. the last hit on it gets the the benefit. And then, that dragon is in league. There's like a mm-hmm. there's like a dragon that's kind of like Roshan. Dragon and Baron. Yeah. And then the most important thing in the game right now is at two minutes left in the match, Zapdos spawns in the center. And right now, I think most people think Zapdos is 
too important. It's essentially the golden snitch of the game. You can be doing horribly. As long as you secure Zapdos, you'll probably win. Wow. Um, worth a lot of points. Yeah. You, and also it lets you insta-dunk, which is yeah. very nice. Yeah. So oh. if, if you get Zapdos, your entire team gets some bonus points just right off the bat. And then also it lowers defenses on the enemy's goals. So you can rush to the goal and spam the score button, and you'll just insta-score. Also, just in the last two minutes... Yeah, instead of having to charge it. In the last two minutes, scores are worth double. So if you have 50 points to bank, you just score 100 right at the end. Yeah. It's, it's very strong. Very, very strong. But it's also fun to, like, plan to set up for for that fight. Like, you... You still have, like, traditionally, you still have to do well throughout the game so that you're leveled enough and strong enough to be able to carry the fight for Zapdos. So you can get right. lucky and snipe it from the team that's doing well and just win the game. But we're talking about this before the podcast, but um, I believe that they need to nerf Zapdos just a tiny bit because I th- still think that fight should be important. It's yeah. like one of those, like, last ditch efforts, mm-hmm. uh, two minutes left of the game. Zap- like, Zapdos should come into play. But I don't think it should turn the tide from like if if one team has like a 500 point lead and they dunk five goals, yeah. they get 600 points because they had 100 points all game like that. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, right. I I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that they can do to improve it. Like, I don't know, maybe show us the freaking score throughout the game could be nice. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no spe- scoreboard during the match. You the don't... fact that there's no scoreboard in a c- somewhat competitive-based game, I know that Caitlin and I have argued about that, but like, I feel like it's a MOBA and you're playing against other people, therefore it is somewhat inherently competitive. Uh, yeah. And to not have a scoreboard at all seems weird. And I feel like it would do you... Like, they do a good job of giving you little updates of just being like, hey, you're in the lead, or oh, you know, you're struggling a little bit. Maybe do a little more. And that's fine. And I think that's okay. But, like, if you told me that, like, we're within 40 of each other, or let's say 60 of each other, and I've got 40 balls and the double... uh, You know, I'd just be like, oh, hey, instead of scoring right now... And I'm down 20 still. Let me wait for the double thing to happen in 20 seconds. And then my 40 balls will be worth 80. And now we're in the lead. And, like, I would only be able to make that assessment if I could see what the score is. Which I find weird that they don't give you. It is very weird. Uh, There's also some stuff that needs work in this game. Like, everything outside of gameplay is kind of jank. Oh, there's... (laughs) How many many currencies did we end up uh, catching? There's like seven. seven seven currencies in this game. <laughs> that is that is exactly uh I'd say five too many. <laughs> All the the menus feel like weirdly laggy. The pick screen for the Pokemon takes forever to get through. It's like you're scrolling one by one and it has to wait for each 3D model to load in between before it lets you go to the next one. <laughs> it is it's very janky. Yikes. Outside of actual like the ten minute battle. Um but once you're in there, I think it's a ton of fun. Yeah, how long do you have to wait to play your 10 minutes of gameplay? Insta-queue, pretty much. Like, yeah, all the queues have been, like, instantaneous. I mean, this first week it's been out. stays like that, ooh, you know, that's that's kind of nice. I do like jamming just a couple of games in. I mean, yeah. Chad even tweeted, you know, you go in to play 5 or 10 minutes, and all of a sudden it's 3 hours later, and you're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the game's just so bite-sized. It. Right. It's, just, I, yeah. it's, like, super easy to just keep on playing. I don't see it reducing in players in the near like year two three from now just because it's going to be 
Alex, you said it was going on a phone, correct? It was going yeah, to it's coming. Mobile. I think it's coming to mobile. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I think the accessibility of it, one, free to play, two, Pokemon, three, it's going to go to phone, like, on Switch. And if you actually mm-hmm. look at, like, for instance, Fortnite, Switch makes up, like, the majority of the player base there. Like, you, I don't think you're ever going to lose out on players here. Plus, they're oh. still adding Pokemon and stuff to it, which right. will keep you coming back. Like, they just added Gardevoir, and it's only been out for a week, and I yeah, think that's kind of awesome. they already added a new Pokemon. It's pretty sick. Yeah, I don't really I, think the the barrier for entry is all that high on this game either. No. Like if you think about somebody going no, yeah. in to play a different MOBA, like like we're talking about like, Caitlin playing Dota, yeah, that's there's a lot to learn. But in this one, the, yeah, they, the amount of concepts you need to learn for this game is like five percent of what you need to know for Dota. Right. Well, and I <laughs> like, have literally no experience. I, I don't know anything about Pokemon. I don't, yeah. I don't. That's just yeah, not my don't, world. You don't have to know anything about Pokemon for this game. It's right. You just completely really just a, just a MOBA. Yeah, it's I pretty. Think, um, yeah, it's mega casual. If we go back and revisit the scoring, I believe that the solution that I would implement is make ranked have a scoreboard. But I think non-ranked, it could be because of the amount of kids that I know that will probably pick this game up. Just casual. It doesn't have a scoreboard. I've been doing a ton of mental math of, you know, there's 80 points in the first area, 100 points in the second area. Pretty much as long as you see those disappear, you know that they have 180 on the top, 180 on the uh, bottom lane. And so you can kind of figure where you are you are in the game. And so the casual mode not having a scoreboard is kind of okay. I think on, it would be better to have it, but at ranked, I think, definitely needs it. If you're actually going to get serious into this game and, like, play ranked, it needs to have that scoring to where, like Owen said, you can say, all right, I have 40 balls. I'm only, like, 39 down. You know, let me go here, dunk there. You know, Zapdos is coming up. Maybe I, you know have my team distract with Zapdos, dunk, come back, you know, just the, the strats there. Yeah, I think having the game be so simple compared to other MOBAs, you really get a lot more of the, uh, like, positioning and strategy across the map that you can, like, discuss. It's, like, really cool to be, like, hit, like, earlier me and Chad were playing, I was like, oh, we've got, like, 30 seconds until Zapdos comes up and Dreadnought spawning in, in 15. If we go do it really fast, we'll have a shield for the Zapdos fight, and we'll just take that no problem. And so you can minute, you can position on the map for that kind of stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think just thinking about that sorts of strategy. Um, in my opinion, it actually doesn't feel it, like a MOBA. Like if anybody remembers and has ever played Awesome Knots, it feels more mm-hmm. towards that. Where it's more actiony than actual MOBA esque. Yeah. Um, and especially when you go play quick play. It's just kind of one of those, like, you're just constantly having battles. You can, you know, you're just constantly farming. It's Or maybe it's like a, like a more complex battle, right? Maybe. I was going to say. Yeah. If we think of battle, right? Uh, and that's just like a team fight in a match. Like, this is just slightly expanded on that. I mean, it really is only slightly expanded because there's not, like, there's not even really waves of creeps. It's just there happens nope. to be neutral standing around the map that you can yeah. farm for XP on the way. Uh, also, we we didn't mention there's a couple other modes in the game. So the standard match is ten minutes, but they also have quick play, which are five minute matches. Quick so play. it's I don't know. I'm gonna have time for a ten minute match, guys. Yeah, I don't I don't have time for a ten minute. Or let me just get in a five minute real quick. Yeah, it's also I, your four v fours or three v threes in quick yeah. play. Smaller I think maps. That the the gameplay itself of having a Pokemon, using its abilities, and leveling it up, and like controlling the Pokemon itself rather than just kind of like telling it moves or whatever that you do in the main series games. Like, I think that's really cool. I really like that. 
I honestly think that this is a it has a fun gameplay mechanic of being like I am the Pokemon, I am Ninetales, and I'm fighting against other Pokemon, and this is neat. Uh, I my complaints with the game pretty much all evolve around the menu system and it being a MOBA. <laughs> yeah, really it seems the way the game is, and also yeah. the menus. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like you've come to like it more though I, as I compared to when we first started to it a little bit more but i think a lot of that is also the fact that y'all are playing it and <laughs> i'm like oh okay the first day we, i can play the first day we played owen rage quit and deleted it from a switch so. oh my gosh <laughs> i because i was just wow. after like i played it a couple hours the day before and then i played it a couple hours with you guys and it just felt like i was just i was like this is another moba that the moba guys know all of the creep you know spawn strat things and all of that and where to go and what to do and i just felt so out of the element that i was like i don't want to play this because i just get wrecked like anytime i attempted to pick it up i it was just nothing but lose and lose badly and i was like yeah i don't like this like i don't want to play a game that i'm not gonna have fun with and i'm just going to just get decimated in uh and you and Chad like basically figured out all of the strategies and then it was just like oh just do this thing and then I was like oh okay and we were losing less then and I was like all right I'm I'm a little bit more on board I'm a little bit more lenient to playing it because I was like all right but like I don't know I tried playing it by myself the other day and I played it a round or two and then I was like all right that's enough like it's I I didn't really feel the need to continue going a, because I didn't, I don't know, like, the progression of grinding it for multiple hours didn't really seem there to me, because I didn't really care about cosmetics, and I was like, okay, whatever, I'm here, yeah, I'm playing some games, cool. meh. Yeah, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't care that much like about it. Like, the only reason why Kate plays, she's like, <laughs> I, yeah. need, I need these outfits. <laughs> like I and I, I felt like it, it is very much a thing when I see you and Caitlin and Alex playing that I'm like, okay, yeah, like you guys are all playing. I'm not doing anything else for the next hour. I'll hop in. I can be number four. I can, you know, I I enjoy your company and yeah. playing games with you is fun and playing games as a Pokemon is fun. And so like I'll get past it being a MOBA because I'm able to do it all with other people. I think the big issue was the first day that we played, uh, we pretty much went on a lose streak. And, like, we just, none of us knew what was happening. Yeah, we had and no then, idea. And then the, we, you got off Owen and then we kept playing. And then we started winning, like, towards the end of the night. And then the next day we started just winning, winning, winning. And, like, we started we, figuring, we figuring out the strategies out. and stuff. Yeah. It turns out, even if it's mega casual, it still has a learning curve to it, as, as small as it is. Okay, you do well, have to figure out, like, this is how you should efficiently share experience and like you know all that kind of stuff it's just it's like held items that you can get for like better crit chance or stuff stuff like that which is like everybody's like it's pay to win but if you actually look at it it doesn't really do too too much to make it pay to win like they definitely get an advantage if the whales that spend like a ton of money in the game um but i haven't really felt like i've been at a disadvantage per se just just playing normal and also, there—I mean, there's plenty of games where I just destroy everyone. So it's—I mean, right? Yeah. Also, supposedly, like it's a kids' game, but I honestly think it's more 
broadcast to those who grew up with Pokemon, like our yeah. generation and people who like MOBAs. And I don't see many 12 year olds or below enjoying MOBAs. So <laughs> I think the idea of six year olds coming in because it's like it's a kid's game and it's Pokemon. And it looks pretty and trying yeah. to play and just run around and kill stuff. And then like having like a hardcore, like 10,000 hour <laughs> League of Legends player come in, just destroy them. <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious. It is very apparent when you have those games because you're just like, what is this person doing? They're just like not in a lane. They're not doing it. They're just kind of like yeah. sitting around and you're just like, oh, this must be someone that's just like playing it for Pokemon for Pokemon's sake. And then mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, okay, that's fine. But you know you're not going to win that game. And then there are the people that like are they are one person and it doesn't matter how many teammates you have they own the lane and yeah. you're just like okay i guess we just don't go bottom this game <laughs> yeah because yeah. it is theirs <laughs> and we will lose so let's do something else and then nine more minutes happen and then boom you're into a next one yeah and it doesn't matter yeah. because that's it like you lost but guess what did you, you go next you, you also can't like rage at your teammates in this game which i think is helpful I, I definitely think the fact that there is zero communication uh, in the game. Like, I mean, I guess there's the. You've the got command a couple wheel. like quick commands that you can yeah. say to people, but. But the fact that there's no chat, can't be there's like, no voice, and I was like, good job. Get over here Listen, and do this dreadnought right if, now, or we lose. If you get that raged out within like a 10 minute MOBA game, you need to go sit down somewhere and just <laughs> chill. Yeah. That's, that's, woof. That's that's a quick uh, quick turnaround for rage time. Mm-mm, no, I can imagine it happening though. They add voice chat to this game. People and that's screaming when the, slurs the 10, into the ten thousand hour the league player jumps in yeah. with the six year old going to play Pokemon. Yeah, you better be oh, taking towers and killing people constantly. Gosh, uh, let's talk about a couple things that are in news world. Um, probably hottest news right now, but kind of off the top. Uh, Activision Blizzard's facing some pressure. Um, they have had some. now a well, even more now because they've had a whole bunch of employees who'd signed a petition because they don't feel like their response to the lawsuit that um, uh, California's Department of Housing published or, or put forth was adequate. They thought it was probably uh, insulting to the people who filed the lawsuit. Um, in case you don't know what's going on, uh, California's Department of Fair Housing Authority, something like that, they filed a lawsuit against uh, Activision Blizzard because they there is uh, a lot of evidence that people are uh, discriminated by gender, sexual harassment, and unequal pay. And they, their response was something like, yeah, no, that's inaccurate, period. That yeah. was the old Blizzard, not the new Blizzard. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so now people are upset. Yeah, they had, I mean, a, they had so. a walkout on yeah, yesterday. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, wild times. I actually, I didn't know there were so many people at Activision Blizzard. I just, I don't know how big game development companies get, but it, it says they like have 9,500 employees. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 2,800 people that walked out. Which is nuts. That's so many people. Um, the one thing that kind of caught my attention that I thought was uh, utterly disturbing is there was a description of this hotel room from, I don't know, some show there. Oh, BlizzCon 2013. I think it's BlizzCon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they called the Cosby Suite. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not like people outside of Blizzard called the Cosby Suite. People inside of Blizzard used that name for the suite because of the guy who was in it. Have you heard, have you heard how they, like, they tried to explain it away? 
But, oh, no, 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 no. It's because it's like the sweaters he used to wear on the Cosby show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, guys, do you know, have you heard about Bill Cosby lately? Because, oh, like, yeah. maybe you should have changed the name. I don't know. It reminds me of the Devil's Triangle thing. He's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> it's a drinking game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it, oh, man. I mean, like, just the stuff that came out of that lawsuit is horrific. Yeah. Just absolutely horrific, the working conditions that some of those people were in and the things yeah. that they were up to. And it's just kind of like, hey. Um, crawls, I saw. Yeah, I, I mean, um, th- there was th- the, large amounts of sexual harassment that led to someone committing suicide. Yeah, like, yeah which I is saw like, that one too. Like, it, it's just like a level of things of just being like, hey, you should know way the fuck better and do better and hopefully that they do do better but i also found it very um hilarious at least in my opinion of people that were like oh you know because of this lawsuit you know our youtube channel news company whatever are no longer going to be uh talking about or promoting uh blizzard games and i was like okay cool but um you do realize that you also have done literal shit like that, as have your mm-hmm. fans, as have... Like, it's one of those things that are just like, I'm glad that you as a person have taken a stance, but you do realize that there's, like, something inherent in gaming culture that allows this shit to slide, that it, it just kind of seems almost stupid if you're just like, okay, cool, I'm glad it's that like you the... did something, but now tell your fans to stop doing that shit, too. Yeah. It's like the pot calling the kettle black sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like no, I mean, it's, it's it's just like very weird to be like like you know PewDiePie being like oh yeah being sexist is awful and I was like PewDiePie do do you know who you are <laughs> like okay dude yeah <laughs> honestly people just need to be better people yeah <laughs> at the end be of the day better just in general just be I don't know better. if you can strive to be better I don't know if you but... can fault people for calling somebody out just because they have done something to be called out for in the past. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Especially if I'll, they have like a platform that can reach people to like help spread word of things, you know. Well, also Especially there's a difference between yeah, and and there's a difference between fans and employees. I was gonna say, oh, I, yes, I don't think it's fair so. to say like, oh, PewDiePie's fans are shitty. Like, sure, but they're not in charge of anyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And like, right. ultimately, I think doing shit like saying, okay, we're just we're not gonna talk about blizzard we're not going to give them free coverage on their shit i right. think that's you know on like a personal kind of level that's almost the only kind of action you can take mm-hmm. you know like we can't you know you can't also, do anything about huge. blizzard management i'm right? also exactly. always i'm always conflicted about that sort of stance too because it's like yeah there's there is a group of people at this company that are doing horrible things sure um but it's not all of them but it's not everybody and it's also like the victims of the things are working there also. And so like you're boycotting, not just the bad people stuff, you're boycotting all of the neutral and good people stuff too. Right. So it's like, how how can you, I mean, I think at some point, like the, the the ultimate goal for that type of thing is they have to cut out the bad. They have to get rid of whatever that is and then recover. They need to Uh, fire people and yes. And, and spend you know. time teaching people how to not find themselves in those scenarios. Because, like, workplace culture, I mean, you just, like, you go, you do a job, you're not paying attention. Things just sort of develop because you have this sort of relationship with people. And then you're not, slowly you've developed this cycle where you've become someone that you don't 
recognize or you don't even you don't even realize what you're doing but people need to be there to communicate that or they need to have some training that says hey maybe this isn't the best way to treat your employees yeah but there i mean there's like thousands upon thousands of employees for activision blizzard they're like the biggest company in the industry so for everybody to be like well i'm gonna boycott everything that this company does now it's like i'm sure there's tons of people that have poured their heart and soul into products that right are now like getting this bad name because of the few that and have also, done I just horrible think, things you know how much of that is also just being um uh not like like how much is that for show like how much are you just gonna be like oh we're not gonna cover anything else that activision oh. blizzard is doing uh until you know the next call of duty comes out and then all of a sudden i want clicks <laughs> i mean and... obviously it doesn't count for shit if you don't stick to your guns yeah, yeah. And, and you know that's the other thing is i was just like yeah you can say it now because like you know in all honesty blizzard hasn't been doing a lot of good stuff recently uh right. and you know wow shadowlands or, is kind of meh overwatch 2 probably isn't gonna go well but like so there's this other aspect that um i heard asmongold talk a little bit about and it's people going into people's streams that like their whole thing is they play world of warcraft or you know other blizzard titles or whatever mm-hmm. and that's like their entire livelihood is doing that and people going in and being like you need to not play this game you need to turn this off right now like you need to stop you need to stop this stream and it's like this is my this is my job right like, this is what i do also, like what do i do just because this company has done some stuff that's seen as negative and like, them turning off their stream is not going to affect the outcome of what's happening between california's department of whatever yeah. and blizzard that, yeah. that that is a a fun thing in solidarity but it does not change the management it does not pay the women more it does yeah. not you know stop that culture from happening all it does is stops them from getting a couple dollars which does give them a incentive to try well, to change that but it does not change that itself and i also agree with jake though too like on some level you have to do like especially if you're upset by this information you end up doing something on a personal level just because that's your thing you can do in solidarity and nothing you do is you know we're yeah. not going to affect blizzard well, even talking about this on the podcast literally has, even if we had a ton of followers yeah imagine that uh it still wouldn't matter i mean they're, like they're a huge company that requires somebody coming down hard on them and making them change their ways and for them to internally make those changes too yeah i think the I, only I, thing that we can do and by we i mean like the people that alex is talking about like the ones that are making livelihoods off of it just bring awareness to it because at the end of the day that them stopping playing isn't going to do anything them stopping the stream isn't going to do anything um and just to to go back the whole like not all of blizzard is bad kind of thing i think it's either asmongold or or uh, some other world of warcraft player um that's like big in, in the in the realm of the industry said something along the lines of if you take a glass of water and it's all of blizzard and that's all of the employees and then you take the bad you know food dye the red food dye and you drop three drops in that water is going to turn red. So of course you're right. going to look at Blizzard and think it's terrible, but it's only three drops in that ocean that like, right. it's not all Blizzard. So I thought that was kind of a, a little bit of a wake up, a little bit of an eye opener because, you know, you have all this development choices and stuff like that with, you know, people being upset about the development choices on in WoW over the years. And it, it's not always the developer's choice. Right. Maybe it's, you know, it's, it's the people higher up. Right. So. 
Well, and a lot of companies just aren't, um, you know, their HR departments are hired to help with the company, not help with the yeah. employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they don't typically have uh, anonymous routes for people to be whistleblowers on situations like that. Yeah. Like, you know, they look down upon that instead of looking at it as a, this is a positive thing where we can, inf- you know, enforce change within the company. They look at it as a, oh, well, you're just trying to stir up trouble sort of thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, enough. Go ahead. Enough. Go ahead. Now, I, all, all I wanted to say was like, uh, so we, we talked, this is going back a little bit about like, you know, not everyone is bad. Like some of the, de- you know, a lot of people worked really hard on it. But for me, it's like the developers aren't the ones who get kickbacks when the game sells really well. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. like Blizzard, Blizzard will just lay oh, off 10,000 people just to keep themselves a little more profitable. They'll just be like, nope, we cut, you know, 10,000 jobs. Just yeah. kind of just because. Uh, so to me, I feel like, you know, kind of avoiding giving money to that kind of system. It feels like that's the yeah. only thing that matters, right? Like if it comes out like, oh, you know, they're terrible, they're terrible. But if everyone keeps covering them and they keep making a billion dollars when Overwatch 2 comes out or whatever the hell, yeah, right. then it's like kind of who cares? They got away with it. It's like bad PR is PR. I mean, I mean, a little bit, right? Like, you know, you fire two people. I mean, that's kind of what Ubisoft did, right? You fire like three people and you say, oh, dude, we got it. We're done by the next call. Not Call of Duty. What do they do? Tom Clancy. (laughs) By the next Tom Clancy thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I I realize, like, my my position on, like, being conflicted about it because there's a lot of people that put heart into it. I realize they're not getting the money that I'm putting in. Right. But it's still to me, like... If I was somebody that put my heart and soul into a project and then to have everybody just like hate it because of external forces and not because of the work I've done on it, I don't know. It just seems like I would be happy to yeah. see people having fun with the thing that I work so hard on. Sure. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's obviously not an easy. Yeah. There's no perfect there's there's no solution. Navigate, right. Yeah. It's not black and white. It's some shade of gray. Yes. Now, this is a whole other tangent and topic, but when it comes to a company like Blizzard or Activision or Ubisoft, where they have thousands upon thousands of developers and employees, how much is, is their heart and soul actually going into the product? Aside, like, you think they're like just well, I mean, drone, just drone well, sitter? What I'm, what I'm trying to say hours. is, like, if you look at like an indie project, what, yeah. like, uh, just I mean, beats and true. shapes or Splitgate or um, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, uh, what is it? Um, the dwarf one yeah. with the mines. Uh, I guess, I mean, you're, you're right. It's definitely less like passion projects at huge corporations like that. Well, because they're not driven but, by making quality games. They're driven by well, how much right. money they can get shareholders. Like, yeah. plastic, by money the way. speaks. Yeah, right. super I, I would also but, say with the super toxic environment, I don't think that's a great environment for developers. Putting your, yeah, for passionate <laughs> development. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then on yeah. the, the other side of things, like, just for the the stuff we get from developers that work on Overwatch stuff specifically, like panels and and like uh, updates from the devs and stuff like that, they always seem so passionate about what they're doing there. True. Mm-hmm. And like wrong. the voice actors and stuff that the panels oh, yeah. for those voice people, actors love that well, shit. Like that, they all seem like so excited about the project. I don't. Not to introduce a whole new dimension, but <laughs> voice actors have a union. Who will yeah, protect true. them in their interests? They do. Yeah. Game, Weirdly enough, for sure, need to unionize like I, well, the gaming I, industry. I just read that yep. Activision had hired lawyers, union busting lawyers, to prevent mm-hmm. that from happening from the employees that walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Which, 
Wow. I mean, I guess when you have money, you have the power and you can kind of steer things the way you want it to go. Yeah. So I think I think it's the same company that did that for uh, Amazon in of Alabama. Course it is. Of course yeah. It is. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? When you get good at, good at it. Yeah. Enough about Activision Blizzard. Let's talk about other things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about some water chip or in chip water cooling, Alex or whoever this yeah. is. It's me, of course. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Obviously. Occasionally, I'll see a story on some like weird new technology that's coming out, and I just want to put it in here to highlight because I think it's cool. But essentially, some researchers. So I guess the way CPUs are made, like it's a silicon wafer, but the silicon isn't actually like the part that's doing the computing and stuff. There's gallium nitride that's on top of the silicon. The silicon just acts as like a a substrate have- to support it. You have all this written down in a notepad, and you just I, keep glancing over. I have some notes Gallium on it because, because I, I had, no, literally, it's words I don't know. So I had to look over <laughs> and make sure I'm getting things right. But like, so the silicon is just a thing that supports the chip for like the transistors on top of it, and the gallium mm-hmm. nitride is what's you know running the stuff. So researchers have figured out a way because we know so accurately how to manipulate silicon when we're fabricating this stuff that they can actually put channels that water can run in in the silicon itself up against the transistors so i don't know i just it sounds super cool that you would have water cooling literally go inside of your cpu to cool it more efficiently than just being like against a plate on top of the chip honestly in my opinion i I feel like we should just go with whoever that guy was in college that caleb you and jake knew who put their cpu inside of a jar of oil outside of (laughs) their computer I think yeah. that's the, that's the route to go. That's right the now. future. That's the way of the future. <laughs> some I sun. thought you were gonna say like Arrow, where you just make everything really small yeah. to deal with oh, the heat issue. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that is yeah, really that's... cool though that they can manipulate uh, the silicon to like so small. Yeah, like it's tiny, basically tiny, tiny on like an atomic level, like form shapes. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Weird. Um, also, uh, Steam Deck. A lot of people pre-ordered this. I think a lot of people in our group pre-ordered this. I think at least four of us. Four yeah. Of us. I, Derek pre-ordered one too. Alex, did nice. you not pre-order one? I pre-ordered one, but I did it late because I was like conflicted about it, which I definitely shouldn't have done because <laughs> it's five bucks, it's five dollars. Yeah, and you need to get it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I realized eventually. I, mm-hmm. Because at first, I was like, I don't need. I don't never away from my computer at this point right now. Like with the way things are in my current life. So I don't need this thing. <laughs> but then also I'm thinking like, well, I could use it later. So then I went back to look at the pre-orders. And by the time I did, the release schedule for this thing is pushed out to like quarter two, 2022 at this point or quarter mm-hmm. three or something like that. Because so many people have pre-ordered, which is what I want to talk about. Apparently there was some sort of like hole in the HTML for the Steam Deck order page that was releasing data on pre-orders for a while. Oh, so in the first 90 minutes, they had 110,000 pre-orders. Make half a million dollars yeah. in 90 minutes. All right. It's Jeez. pretty, pretty sick. So did you guys all get your pre-orders in pretty quick then? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I got like minutes. I did. Yeah. I think mine was like yeah. three minutes. So you yeah. should be getting it in like December or something. Actually, we just checked. We're both December. Okay. Yeah. Mine's yeah, it shows like, you apparently on the pre-order page. Mine's like quarter two or three, 2022 or something Oof. like that. So. Which is fine because I probably won't need it for a while, but yeah, sure. It's a yeah. uh, definitely an interesting event. Yeah. Um, two updates we should talk about: Super Hot VR number one. Yeah, did you guys hear about the Super Hot VR update? Uh, it's about they they took out some of the content. Is that right? Yeah, just like one yeah. one scene, really, right? I think two. But two. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a couple scenes in Super Hot VR where you basically kill yourself. One of them, you aim a gun at your head, and the other one, you like pop off a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there was an option, a toggle on the menus to turn off, disable. I think it's like disable disturbing scenes or something. <sighs> but recently, this this week, I think they updated the game and they completely removed those scenes. No one can access them anymore, and they got pretty big backlash from doing that. The, the game got review review bombed on Steam, and a lot of people are really upset about it. Yeah, it's... it seems odd that they would get negative feedback for yeah, that yeah. because, like, they're just trying to be mindful of people who yeah. have problems. And, I think like, it's exactly. just because yeah, yeah. you can't do anything right. Like somebody's yeah. gonna have a problem. Leaving it in, in people. Well, I'm sure the reason why they took it out in the first place is people were mad that there was there. Right, yeah. and so they're like, "Okay, fine, we'll respond and take it out." And then people are like, "No, <laughs> what, what are you doing?" Oh, I feel like struggle. the 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 middle ground that people would have been happy with is it's taken out unless you check the box I was to turn say, it on. Just right. take it out by like the way you would go, right? But that could have been a good option. I always wondered what that option in the menus did. Because like I saw it and I was like, I mean, whatever, it's fine. You're saying they're like nothing mm-hmm. disturbing in this I'm game. Like, what? It's a game about shooting people in the head over and over yeah. again. Does it just turn the game off? I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, but that's really that's really interesting. Just to be fair, to that point when you turn when you turn that off. Yeah, it's. I mean, those moments like they're kind of cool, but they're they're also kind of just like obviously just kind of there to be shocking, kind of like edge lordy. Yeah. Look yeah. at how you know. Look, ooh, look at what we're doing. Right. You know. Oh no! Rushing. I mean, they have a little Ooh, bit to do with the right. story, but it's not like. I mean, it's like I Super said, Hot VR is not really a story-driven game. Yeah, so. yeah. It's kind the of story, a moment, but the story but... does kind of exist on the edges, and like it's mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of like creepy and and like what's really happening, and like sure. do you have any agency over anything, like sort of thing. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up uh, just for Super Hot's sake. Um, or since we're talking about super hot, one of my, one of the guys I watch on YouTube, Jacob Geller, he does these like video essays and this one he does is games that save the best for last. And he talks a little bit about uh, super hot mind control delete and like the end of that game. It's very, very good. I'll post a link. You guys should watch it. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a good assessment of like what the game is doing, like externally fourth wall breaking. Oh, that was really mm-hmm. neat. I never finished that game. It got a little too samey for me over time. But maybe I should. It's kind of crazy at the end. Um, I will. I will not spoil it for you, but I'll. I'll post a link to the video. You guys can watch you it. You tell me you watch freaking video game video essays. This is like my I jam. Love <laughs> yeah. One of my What's favorite happening? ones. One of my favorite ones. Uh, he made one about uh, how can Mirror's Edge possibly still look this good, and he makes a case that it is the best looking video game of all time because of the way the developers modeled concrete, specifically, <laughs> and it's a okay. very very good like. Just look at the game. And he goes through a whole bunch of things about how... I mean, that game is old at this point and it is also still stunning, so... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. even the sequel is breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. Um, he did you're one about... Oh, I should have said... He, yeah, you're <laughs> he did one about Red Dead Redemption 2, Jake. There you go. You can watch did it. He? Artificial I loneliness. I don't want to be the guy who has to defend Red Dead Redemption 2. Let me just come out. I'm not like in love with this game. I'm just in like a weird place emotionally, and it's been nice to chill on a horse for a while. It's all you, Jake. Is that also why you were playing GTA the other day? Because I saw that it was like, yeah, well, that, that's seven hours of started this a little bit, right? I started GTA. I, I don't need to defend my video game choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing Outer Wilds DLC. 
Yeah, Jake actually shared this with me. I didn't I hadn't heard about it, but Outer Wilds, not to be confused with the Outer Worlds, which is the other game that RPG. people get confused. I was trying to think of the, the people that um, made it, but now it's just lost on me. But Outer Wilds is the exploration space game. Um and they are they released this Echoes of the Eye. Well, the DLC's not out, but there's a trailer for it out. And it looks pretty good. It's coming out on September 28th. Um, the trailer has really bad audio for some it's, reason. It's really loud. Yeah, That's kind weird. of the best way to describe it. It's, it's loud, loud. And it's, it's like almost um, flippy. Like it's peaking because it's yeah. so loud. That's actually yeah. that's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's not great. It's very but... weird. It's a weird yeah. issue to have. Strange. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an issue we would have with something we made. No, we don't have technical <laughs> issues, Aaron. <laughs> Nintendo? Oh, I'm super excited, though, because that game's awesome. I wish yeah. more of you had played it. The, uh, the, that came as part of the like entire announcement of like what Annapurna is up to for the next mm. like year, and oh my god. Are they, are they in Annapurna? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know that. Okay, cool. Because Annapurna fucking slaps. They make great <laughs> games all the time. And when they were like, hey, we're doing a thing tomorrow, uh, well, I guess today, uh, of like all of the games that are coming out in the next year and what we're working on and stuff, I was like, I'm on board. That sounds awesome. Because they have... when that was Devolver, they were like, they make every game they yeah, like every Devolver game is amazing. amazing. And Devol- now, Devolver yeah. is pretty now solid. It's less so. They're still I pretty mean, solid, but they're. They've, They've got published too many so many now. now. They, yeah, yeah. yeah they're the not all now. amazing. A lot right. of them are. One but... of the uh, one of the interesting ones that they're talking about is there's going to be a cat, uh, a game called Strays, mm-hmm. and you play as a stray cat. And I was like, I'm in. This this looks awesome. It looks <laughs> breathtakingly beautiful. Just being on like the the city streets at night, and I was like, I need to make sure that I am this cat. I want to buy this game now. <laughs> it was <laughs> this some... looks great. They showcased it for the PS5, weirdly enough. It was one of like their big showcase games. It was like this weird cat yeah, game. I, I, I thought it was weird that it made the cut, but looks real cool. Uh, yeah, I had to look it up to make sure, but yeah, they're the also publishing game. 12 Minutes. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm excited about that. Which we've been waiting for At for some a point. while. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out next month. Oh, nice. man. Is this the game I mean, with... It's where you're yeah, Time keeps yes. looping. Okay. Mm-hmm. It does we- Weird. Cool, yep. but weird. <laughs> oh, Very. dude, due process, too. Yeah, <laughs> due process is the due process that I waited on for like seven years and then I still haven't played much of. And that game came out access. and immediately the curve was like, there isn't a curve, there's just a line, and unless yeah. you're above it, you don't play this game. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, True. I wanted to talk about one other thing, kind of like news related, but it also transition us here a little bit into film. Um, ScarJo is suing Marvel and Disney. After Black Widow's release, I don't know if Which you guys have heard should. about this. Yeah, right? she should. Yeah, she right? for what? <laughs> for what? Because what they they told her in her contract was that they were going to release it in theaters, and then at a point later they were going to release it on Disney Plus. Oh, and they were just like, actually, never mind. We're going to release it at the same time, which is what they did. And so she, like Robert Downey Jr., had written in her contract that she got money as a part of box office sales, and since it came out on Disney Plus. That's not included in how much she makes for the movie. So, so yeah. it was about seventy million dollars that she did not get, or right. it was it was uh, seventy million dollars in sales, which did not go towards her benchmark. So she couldn't yeah. get like whatever the bonus was for hitting that that benchmark uh, point. Uh, and also, it slates it as one of like the worst uh, or like the biggest falls 
uh, in Marvel history. Sure. And it's not anything to do with the movie or her. It has to do with the fact that they put it on streaming. And uh, in comparison, when they did this, uh, when Warner Brothers did this with HBO Max, they paid out all of the actors in advance all of their mm-hmm. bonuses they were mm-hmm. like hey we are going to stream whatever this movie is and it's going to come out in theaters and on hbo max same day uh we're going to pay you whatever those bonuses are up front so you don't have to worry about like you know you losing out on money we want to make sure that you still get paid uh and so yep. warner brothers did that but disney was like nah fuck you our money and i was like yeah that's kind of shitty of Disney, and I want ScarJo to sue their ass off. Right yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, if I was Scarlett John- Johansson, I would have sued because the movie was released now and not right after Civil War. Sure. <laughs> oh my god! Can- Again, that movie would have been so much better had it come yeah. out around that time. Yeah, I've actually I- seen it since the last podcast, and I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought it was better than you guys kind of made it out to be with your discussion last podcast, but. I do agree that it would have been so much better coming out after Civil War. It made a lot more sense. Man. Okay, so that... Go ahead. I think on one end of the spectrum, and this is just me being like, that's a lot of money. He already makes a lot of money, right? Yeah. And so, like, on one end of the spectrum, (laughs) it's like, this is kind of ridiculous. But on the other end of the spectrum, it was written into our contract. Like, And and so. That's exactly the thing. It's just like, hey, it's part of the contract, and you already like you agreed to pay her like the right. extra fifty million dollars, and you should pay her the extra fifty million dollars. Like, does and... she need fifty mil? No, she's got plenty of money. But yeah. like, yes, it's it's, it's li- the literally the a right. legally binding contract. And if any of your actors broke something that would cost to Disney. 50 right. million dollars you'd be suing their asses off right so, and, but also you don't want to give like so, you don't want somebody to be in that situation when they don't sue because then that just gives marvel disney precedent. license to say oh yeah you know what we've right. done this Do before this and it didn't else. cause a problem you we'll do it to everybody mile. else that right. would have an act in our so, movies i mean honestly this it's not it sounds like it should be an easy case for scarlett mm-hmm. johansson yeah. Right. They, yeah. They, yeah clearly fucked her over yep I, and maybe they just knew that was going to happen anyways. And they're like, be. look, we want this released on Disney Plus because we want to get revenue that way. We well, don't want it to wait around. The, the part, of the, uh, part of the lawsuit's argument is the fact that it wasn't the, the fact that they were trying to get the extra revenue. They were trying to get the bump for the shareholders because that's what i mean yeah the, it it uh it it increased the stock prices and so part of the the lawsuit says it's just like you didn't do this to get money from the movie you did this to make disney plus stronger to make your stocks look better right. to get money from that and that then like i lose out on that and fuck you that's not fair because that half a percentage in stock gains way surpasses what they would have made you know theater wise box office, box sure. office. yeah wow so that segues into the other part of our Marvel conversation here, which is Alex has finally watched all of Loki. Yeah. And has an opinion that I'm I'm already bracing. Way more spoilers. I'm already bracing to not appreciate. Loki, Loki spoilers. I don't know. So Aaron said best Marvel series on the last podcast, I believe. He did. He did. I did. And I stand uh, by that comment. Owen was less enthused, I think. I yeah, I, I thought it was pretty solid and I enjoyed it. I just felt like I wanted a actual ending to the season uh, mm-hmm. that I didn't get. 
Um, oh. So that's kind of why it was like, ah, meh. I, I think it's a solid second best Marvel <laughs> series. What's the first? WandaVision? Yeah. WandaVision. WandaVision's very, very much my favorite of the three. <clears throat> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I didn't actually I would like have that punched much. you if you said Falcon and the Winter Soldier is number one. <laughs> okay, well, I need to not get punched by Aaron then, because <laughs> let me tell you something, Falcon and the Winter Soldier one. is still my favorite. Man, Man I don't okay. know. That show is it's, just boring, I think. It's yeah. they. Ugh, the problem is, I wish they would have just deviated from. I know, I know they can't source material really. I wish they'd have just deviated, made whatever his face just become some sort of like him, the bad guy of the show. But when he mm-hmm. transitioned back and started running around with the Winter Soldier, I was like, why are we even watching this? What are we doing right now? What's <laughs> yeah. the point of this series? That's all set up for future Marvel movies. Yeah, but I know. I have a couple right. specific points that I think make Loki not as good as WandaVision. Um, for one. I think the I think Tom Hiddleston is like the probably like the biggest factor of you wanting to watch this. It's like Tom Hiddleston's awesome. Let's watch more yeah, of him. He's amazing. He he felt like weirdly off his game in this show somehow. I don't he he seemed like really stiff in most of his scenes. I don't understand what was going on I with th- him. I th- I think I understand what you're where you're coming from because I also got that there is like a different. There were some scenes that I was like. That's Loki. Like that's the Loki yeah. that I know and love. I'm in. I confident, I, cocky. Yeah. Like. And then there was other parts of it where it just like I don't know whether he was trying out a different character or it's just a different <laughs> side of Loki that I'm not oh. used to seeing. But then I was like, like his performance in general, I felt just was off his like prime. Um, also, whoever they hire to do action choreography needs to be fired immediately because it's terrible. <laughs> The action choreography, action choreography is the worst I've seen in any Marvel property. It's it felt like I was watching a staged production because every single hit you see like a foot of air between like the <laughs> fist and the in the face, and then they have like a dramatic like ah oh, to the side like it is so bad. I don't un- understand what they were doing. Um, and then also like all the set pieces that were supposed to be like these big like climactic moments felt like weirdly claustrophobic. Like specifically the uh, the part where they're running through like the downtown metropolis to try to get to the yeah. shuttle and get off the planet. It felt like they were in like a like a small laser tag arena or something. <laughs> <laughs> like it felt very very small from what it okay, should have been. Okay, but on that they point, this stuff. on that point, on the OLED TV, the colors that they used yeah, in they that de- scene, they definitely popped. Fantastic. But I mean, just some of the production stuff around the show. I don't know what happened if they just like got coveted. But <laughs> that could I, I will agree to your second two points. I think the first point, I, that's what I actually like the most about this show is that Tom Hiddleston, not the actor, but his character Loki is out of place because if you remember, I feel like before he saw the Infinity Stones in the drawer, he was himself. Yeah. And the moment that happened, everything changed for him because at that point, I feel like the character felt like there's so maybe nothing it's like that a... I can do to accomplish anything. And so he is acting in the in the way that his character would if maybe it's a there's deliberate nothing, choice nothing matters. But it didn't I don't know. It didn't feel like it was an acting choice. It felt like stiff delivery, like mm. it, like literally his, him trying to deliver lines was like difficult. I don't he did see himself die too, Chad. I know what yeah. you're about to yeah. He, he also saw himself die, so like well, that, that could change a person. True. So. Yeah. I guess I guess maybe that's like a deliberate choice, and I'm just not on board with like the direction it went. But I mean, uh, I said it last think... week where I said that I, I felt like he was a second character in his own show. Like yeah. he's just a background mm-hmm. character. 
uh, non-production related, like story related. Um, specific, there's a, so the whole thing is like the TVA exists to call branches from this one sacred timeline. That is the one that exists that we're traveling upon. So I don't understand where these dramatically departed versions of Loki come from then, because like, how do you get to the point in a timeline that there are evolved alligators that are sentient and running around <laughs> without wow, it being cold question. before? I, I like, don't they're... understand where those characters come from at all. I think the alligator, in my opinion, is a joke and it's not actually Loki. Well, okay, sure. Also, that, that could be explained away. I could, I guess, but there's like these dramatically different, like there's fe- yeah. like the major character in the show is female version of Loki. Like how do did, they, when do they describe that? Uh, well, who we presume to be Kang, the conqueror's alter ego or whatever. When do they describe yeah. that? He actually converted all the timelines into one. Did he do that? And then make the TVA. Did he make the TVA and then do that? Like how, when did that process happen? Because if he did that after making the TVA, then all of those could be from the other timelines that he called before he made the sacred timeline. Yeah, well, I mean, if you actually look at Alex's point on the female Loki, she's a child and she gets brought into the TVA and she was living in her own timeline. So, like, it's it, there's no like point before now. The other people we don't know when they got brought in, so like, we know when when Sylvia does, but we don't know well, when the rest of the Loki's get yeah. brought. So, I don't think Aaron's point is accurate because specifically because Sylvie ages from a child to where she is now, right. And so it's only been at least that long since we've had weird diverging timelines that are dramatically different from this quote unquote sacred timeline. And apparently they've been like doing this TVA stuff for like eons or whatever. So I don't know. Like, I just don't think it's been that recent that they would have developed the sacred timeline since like in the last like, you know, 30 years or whatever. Um, Man, no story with time travel. As it did, that just didn't yeah. make sense at all. <laughs> the other thing that didn't make sense to me at all is what is the Nexus event that happens on Lamentus to get the them saved from being destroyed in the apocalypse? Because right, yeah, they establish that nothing that you do matters during an apocalypse event because it's all going to be wiped away in in like a few minutes anyway. Yeah, and then them becoming like romantically involved apparently creates one anyway despite the rules that they've just, just set up about apocalypses being a safe zone. I do not understand that one. That was, I that believe, was confusing. I believe on that one, it's not the romantically involved. I think it's that they were going to die, and Kang had everything planned anyways. And oh, that they wouldn't die. R- right. They're not supposed to die there. And so uh, that's what creates the Nexus event. Yeah, is, because they're... I, I think that Chad's right, because they're they're pretty much looking at each other just being like, I'm okay to die here with you. And they're agreeing upon this kind of pact kind of thing with their like, this is the end and I will meet it with you. And because they're so comfortable with that, that fucks up the timeline because they're not supposed huh. to die. Yeah, I'm 100% I guess on board I can see that. That, that makes, sense. makes sense. I guess I can make the, see that makes sense. But also they lean into the uh, our romantic bond is powerful enough to create this super nexus event or whatever for the rest a, of the story. Yeah, I think that was weird. I think I think fans liked that and they just kind of ran with it and they knew that fans were going to like that, but I don't know. Alex, you're, you're saying if you met an alternate version of yourself, you wouldn't fall in love with you? I would fall in love with me. I'm fine. I, everyone knows that, Owen. I'm fine with falling in love <laughs> wow. with yourself or whatever because, you know, of course, whatever, but it's just weird that the story implications that it had. 
yeah based on yeah. rules that they already assigned um and then the last thing which is just kind of dumb and, and irrelevant but i just want to know what would happen if like the the dude at the end had the book of everything that was written that is going to happen including like what they were saying currently like what if they just took the book and read like the next thing that they were going to say but then just like said something different like what would happen because that was everything that was defined to happen i don't know i just until the yeah, one about point that. until that point though because he didn't yeah. know what would happen afterwards right i guess if like, yeah no right i'm saying when they like, walked in, when they they walked the in there he literally hands them the thing like uh, or like puts it on the table like this is everything written that's gonna happen like what if they just picked it up and read it and were like never mind i'm well, sure they probably stopped them from picking it up yeah i guess i mean i guess that can't happen because everything that's gonna happen we know it's gonna happen happen right but i don't know I thought that was just like a funny <laughs> I, I think Kill's got, Kill's got a point. I think like you can't write a time travel thing and not have some sort of there's always yeah. a hole with the plot. I think if you take always. into account a fan theory that I recently found out, it makes that that whole like scene a little better. If you go to around the 27 minute mark at the end of WandaVision and you mm-hmm. go to the 27 minute mark at the end of Loki, uh Wanda is dropping Ag- Agatha onto the floor at the same time he's dropping the pin on his desk and then he goes it's all changed now and that's when Scarlet turn uh the Scarlet Witch turned into the Scarlet Witch. And that's actually what's making the divergent of the different timelines. And uh. that's and Kang knows that Scarlet Witch is stronger than him. And so he wants all of his clones to come back when he dies uh, so that he can conquer the Scarlet Witch. And so Weird. he basically knows everything. And he like tries to play off that like he doesn't know what's going on after this but like he knows for a fact that he's gonna die and he knows for a fact that he's about to turn into you know the, the kangs again and then that's the only way he can uh, fight the scarlet witch yeah i i saw that fan theory mm-hmm. and i was like you know what props to fans for finding yeah, things I that mean, connect but I, there's no way in hell that that's actually how that works out i don't know that's crazy could be well, I, I just did... said a bunch of negative things about the show, but I also thought it was really good. So <laughs> I, I, I just feel like it's one of those things that like anytime there's any of those kind of like crazy crossover things of like, oh, well, if you look at like the, the 28 minute mark here and then this minute mark here, they actually like line up like that has never once actually become a thing. So I just mm. think it's just fan theories being fun fan theories. It's neat, oh. but it means nothing. Oh, and I'm not going to lie. I feel like if I Googled if something like that has ever happened, I would definitely find once in Marvel yeah. that happened. Well, not I Marvel feel specifically that specifically. Well, that's what I'm saying. In, in specifically in the in Marvel, Marvel MCU, uh, how many times has one of those things? Because like that, that's just part of the, you know, the YouTube no, Marvel, yeah, 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 like yeah, lexicon yeah. is they they pop out uh, uh ridiculous those, things, yeah, ridiculous things that they theorize at least once a month and just shotgun it. And eventually, something's going to be somewhat close, but it's never <laughs> like most of them are wrong. I, I will say I appreciate Loki has theme music now, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like the theme music. Um, let's wrap things up talking about one specific thing uh, from the Olympics. Actually, yeah. Which is a sharpshooter from Russia who happened to be wearing a witcher. Was it a pin? A medallion? I think it was a medallion, right? So, yeah, she has a a, a witcher uh, medallion that she wore both as a necklace and also on on her. um, uh, She had it like wrapped on her belt loop uh, during the uh, during during her her shooting. Uh, The Olympian is uh, Vitalina uh, Bat. 
Batsarashtila. Oh, you, God, you did a great job. Uh-huh. You got yeah. Nailed I'm it. sure that was it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, you know, she is a uh, uh, pistol sharpshooter. And she just always has this Witcher uh, em- like uh, medallion on her because it's her good luck charm. And it obviously worked. She won gold. She did win gold. Honestly, I think it may not be because her uh, the Witcher medallion, but maybe because of her stance. If you look at any photos of her shooting in her sharpshooting competition, she does not hold the gun with two hands. She specifically has like a hand on a hip with like one arm extended. I, she looks very freaking cool. Yeah, she <laughs> like she looks like a badass. I love the fact that she's got the Witcher thing. Like occasionally, sometimes like when you uh uh the grip of the uh pistol that she uses has like a fuck ton of stickers and stuff on it mm-hmm. that she put there of like chibi characters and things like that. It's just as like I appreciate you. Good job on winning the gold. I guess not cheating, because if she uses that medallion, it's going to make everything glow so she can see the targets. <laughs> uh... Wow. Gosh! <laughs> and that joke went over my head. In The Witcher, I... you use the medallion and it makes things glow. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Got it. You got it. I, I kind of assumed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope there's uh. other people out there that aren't as sure someone acquainted with the Witcher as I. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Come back next week when I come up with a situation in which two Marvel movies t- light up or t- little t- lined up together in order to have some concrete fact that existed just because something happened at one point in one movie and one point in another movie to prove Owen wrong. Uh, also, I'm sure like we'll have some other good things to, to talk about. Huh? I feel like it's going to be difficult to find. No, I'm going to find it. I'm, I'm a good Googler. And that nice. will be an amazing start uh, of our next podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, what a, yeah. What a good in- intro. It's going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCausland, Chad McCausland, Jake John Federkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on. One for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.